This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. And welcome in for another week of our 9 a.m. Eastern, unfortunately for Kurt out there in L.A. area, 6 a.m. Pacific, Wednesday, RedRecover.com, Inside the Paint Show. I'm Ira Winderman from the South Florida Sun Sentinel. He's Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com. We have so much to get to this week, so much around the league as well as with the Heat. So I'm not really sure where I want to start. Typically, we're mostly a Heat show, but there are a lot of little things going on. And, and one thing in particular, I want to get Kurt's thoughts, because I don't want to say it's breaking news, but it's sort of interesting. Last night, the Lakers retired Pau Gasol's number at the Crypt, at Crypto com center does that sound right Kurt? Oh, crypto.com arena is the arena. Official excuse term. me okay i don't want to get that, that nobody, wrong that I'm, nobody I'm uses <laughs> exactly or at the crypt or or it's like as kurt likes to say every now and then at staples center and what was really interesting among the people there to honor uh, power or at least be at his side during that ceremony was jimmy butler jimmy butler and what i find interesting is this the miami heat are in desperate straits of their own doing have a huge two-game home set against the Cleveland Cavaliers that starts tonight, 7.30 p.m. at Miami Date Arena. No sponsor yet. Continues on Friday. Heard, number one, how surprised were you to see Jimmy Butler out there? But more than that, because this goes to what we were talking about, Big O, in our crossover here and team control and what they can get players to do or not to do. If you were coach, general manager, or owner of the Miami Heat, are you glad to see Jimmy Butler being loyal to a teammate and showing the kind of teammate he is, or are you saying to yourself, what the hell are you doing out there flying cross-country for eight or nine total hours when you have a big game coming up on Wednesday? What was your reaction, number one, when you saw Jimmy Butler? What are your thoughts about Jimmy Goes cross-country? I literally double-checked the schedule. I'm like, they're not out west, right? They're, they're not even on this coast. What are they doing? What's he doing? I was kind of confused. I'm like, is he supposed to be in Cleveland? I, like, I double-checked. I'm like, maybe I missed something, and they're just in Sacramento. But no. No, it was – I mean, it's hard to be mad at a guy, especially it's very Jimmy, to be loyal yeah. and, and fly, you know, hey, I want to be there for this. So I I get that. It's a little hard to be mad at him, but I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, which is you just had the two big wins in Atlanta. There's some momentum building. Here's an opportunity to really kind of – it's not going to be easy to get into the sixth seed, but as I'm sure we'll discuss, like seven matters, you know, and there you are halfway across the country. I, I, I If he has a bad outing, you know what everyone's going to say. Oh, I'd be a little frustrated. And, and the reason I bring this up is, again, if it's a player's day off. Now, what's interesting was that he had originally was scheduled to have practice before the game. We saw that on the whiteboard in the locker room where they announced the schedule coming up. Actually, they used a video board. We came in after the game against Atlanta. Practice was canceled. Which is not unusual, Kurt, in the NBA. No, you might have somebody schedule. The player gets injured. Guys play big minutes. It's a close game, which it was against Atlanta here in Miami on Monday. So I can understand all that. And then they cancel practice. So you sort of, hey, on your off day, you, I, anyone can do what we want and do as we please. But what I've seen more and more from the sort of hard, iron-fisted NBA coach and organization telling players, you will do this, this, and this. It's becoming more of players telling teams what they will do. For example, you're out there in L.A. You cover the Clippers as well. 
We've heard stories for years since they've coaxed him away from Toronto that the Clippers allow Kawhi Leonard to do anything he wants, to commute to his home, to come up late on game days, maybe to schedule practice around him. We've seen other teams do it. The Lakers certainly have done it for their players over the years. Darvin Ham obviously was brought in to a degree be a player's coach and coax these players through. Tyron Lue is really given into his players also as well. Is this just the rigor of the way it is in the NBA? Should we not be surprised? Should we not be annoyed about how much of a player's league this is? Or, Kurt, since you do write for Pro Basketball Talk and might have a seething and searing take if they <laughs> lose tonight, should there be a certain expectation from players that the business at hand, uh, Pat Riley likes to use the phrase, you've got to keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. Is the main thing the main thing anymore for NBA players? I think that that's the issue, right? It's not that it's not that uh, Jimmy Butler alone is just flying out to be a good teammate. It's it's the timing. It's this was this didn't happen. You know, this happened in an important stretch in March, not a weird off night in January, where the next game is against somebody. You know, it's Orlando or somebody you're not really worried about. I, there's, I think that. For a lot of organizations, this is now the price of having the the superstars with true leverage. That you can only hey, look, man. Tyler Hero's not got the leverage to do this. <laughs> the other guys okay. would get in a lot more trouble, right? Like Jimmy Butler can do this. Kawhi Leonard can do what he wants. Kevin Durant has used this leverage. Lord knows, you know, Kyrie Irving has used this leverage. Good point. And there's very few. I don't know. Tim Duncan's I'm just going to start trying to run through the superstars who just kind of are happy to be coached and don't really push back. You know, Curry's been generally pretty good about this. Like, um, although, although to be honest, and just to take some of the veneer off a little, Steph Curry's also a guy when his team goes on the road, often will book a private home or a private hotel yes. for himself, not stay with the team. The reasoning there, and Jimmy does this sometimes also is, as you know, Kurt, you've been on the road yeah. with autograph hounds and sort of people getting in the way there. Players feel they can get a better night's sleep than everyone knowing, hey, I'm going to wait in the lobby for the players. So there is yeah. some of that also. I think it just comes down to this, and I've always said this. A lot of people ask me, uh, certain players were out on the town the night before a game. Certain, someone was seen at 3, 4, 5, 6 in the morning out at a club. I always tell them this. If it doesn't impact a player's play, yeah. I don't give a rat's ass. If Michael yeah. Jordan, before playing the Heat in a playoff game, is going to play 36 holes of golf with Ramad Rashad and then come in and be Michael Jordan, whatever it takes, I have no yeah. issue with that either. So a lot of times I'll get, I'll get pictures from someone or they'll come up with a TMZ report. Hey, did you see so-and-so? My only thought is if it doesn't impact that player's play. Now, if Jimmy comes out tired, if Jimmy shows up on the injury report for load management or rest management or fatigue, yeah. hey, then all bets are off. Then I not only talk about Jimmy Butler being out there, God bless him, celebrating Pau Gasol, a former Chicago Bulls teammate, but I also look at management and ownership and like, hey, you guys are in charge of this also of keeping him in the right yeah. place. So I think this is a story that remains to be told. Jimmy, Jimmy is Jimmy on Wednesday. Jimmy is Jimmy on Friday. Have no issue. It'll be interesting. Friday's a home game against Cleveland. Saturday's a back-to-back -back in Orlando. If you get a load management day there, then I think that changes the equation a little bit. And I think you do raise a little bit of yeah. more question. So that's the Jimmy Butler issue. Big O sort of gave us our topics today. I know we didn't <laughs> get a, a show sheet ahead of time, so we'll veer a little. 
Number two is the John Moran story this week. And this is interesting also from a Miami Heat perspective for this reason. The Heat, after they go to Orlando on Saturday, their upcoming schedule, we'll get to this on the end of our RedRecover.com Inside the Paint Show, our third segment. We'll go over the Heat's upcoming schedule. But they're Cleveland tonight at home, Cleveland at home on Friday, at Orlando on Saturday, home against Utah on Monday, and next Wednesday, they have a game against the Memphis Grizzlies. When the Grizzlies, and I don't even know, Kurt. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to defer to you on this. You're, you're, you're better with Western Conference teams, and you do a lot of good writing at pro basketball, talk about this. Has this ever, the two games that he's away from the team, has it ever formally been described as a suspension? No. In fact, I was, I went uh, specifically, I went to see Steph Curry's return on Sunday thinking, oh, that'll be a nice day. And then I'll just dip dip out before the Clippers-Grizzlies game. And that isn't how the day ended up working out. I got to spend way too much time at the Grizzlies. Right. Um, (laughs) Anytime you eat two meals in the same arena, it's a long yes. day. Um, they they are not calling it a suspension officially. And it'll be more than two games. He's away from the team. Um, I believe this means and, – and something's not been discussed, but what's been implied is he's getting paid still. Like Seems They have not – yeah, he is not – They if the league comes in with a suspension, that's without pay. So I think that that's part of the reason for the phrasing um, – but it's going to be more than – I will say this, just talking to people, it's going to be more than two games. Uh, he will. He could be out for a while. I don't – it's well, impossible let, let me cut, to say let me how cut long, to but he's going to be then. out for a bit. Let me cut the chase then because of our local Miami Heat interest and wanting to know, and obviously we saw even last night's game against the Lakers, they were a different team without John Morant. <sighs> yeah. What's your prediction as someone who covers the Western Conference extensively a week from today, will we see John Morant back on the court at Miami-Dade Arena? I'd be surprised. I mean, never say never. Uh, this team's going to free fall a little bit, though, not only because they're alpha, you know, their best player in John Morant. And by the way, I feel bad for Heat fans. The most entertaining player in the league still, like on the court, like the guy I would pay to see. Um, but they're not the same without him. And remember, they've also now lost Brandon Clark, a key role player, their backup big. Yeah. For to an, uh, a torn Achilles for some, obviously the rest of this season and, and right. probably most of next, they're not the same team right now. They are um, a little bit obviously reeling. There's emotional drama in there, and they were without Dylan Brooks from a suspension, a 16 tech suspension. Right. Yeah, yeah. But out here, but there, you can see their psyches. It, it's just everything's thrown off right now, and I don't and, know and how again, fast they're going to recover that. To remind Heat fans, the Heat went to Memphis early the season. John Morant was out for that game. The Heat still found a way to lose. So you never know when the NBA, there's certainly with Jared Jackson Jr. and other players on that roster, enough talent there that they yeah. certainly show they can compete and even win in those situations. As a matter of fact, they've been very competitive over the years without John Morant. They found a way to play collectively. They're mostly an ensemble team anyway. So I wouldn't say anything's necessarily, oh, that's a W there without job. But obviously, it changes the calculus there. So that's another national NBA issue that could have some heat impact. And I guess the third one that Big O mentioned in our crosstalk, and Big O will be back at the top of the hour to talk about NFL quarterback contract madness. But staying with the NBA is Kendrick Perkins, who I think is more entertainer than anything else. And and honestly, I think he's a very good entertainer. But I don't take his social treatise on the NBA as anything more than that. Kurt, I know you're involved in, in covering a, a, and the NBA award process 
and seeing how the whole thing plays out. This notion of a racial bias when it comes to MVPs and Nikola Jokic over, let's say, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo in this year's race and, and, and Joel Embiid either. Do you put anything into that notion? And when you look at MVP ballots and things like that, do you see that as something that, hey, based on what I've seen, based on the way the voting's gone, there is something there. There is a smoking gun. I think big picture historically, there you could try to argue that with some of them, but I don't, I don't, I just don't think it's applied this year. I think what you get with Jokic and Luca is more of a, it, they just, it's a different style of game, right? It's just a a a player raised in a different system, right? Um, who plays in a different style and it's very effective. Um, I yeah, I look. I'm kind of I was put. I don't think it's. I'm, sure, I, I'm trying to find the right way to phrase this. I don't think that there is any intentional. Like nobody's out there like oh, I'm voting for this guy because he's white. I, I just right. don't think that happens. Is there historically some skewing? No doubt. I, I I have no doubt that decades ago there was, and even you know, we can debate Steve Nash someday if you want. Uh, sure. we, well, I remember it from down here because that was over Shaq, but Shaq had a really good season yeah. also. So, so there yeah. certainly is that. I, mean, I, I just think this. That I just don't think it happens. I don't think. I don't think. Look, and I've got. I'm, I will piss off everybody here later in the year when I. I am a voter. I'm sure I will piss you off with with some of my choices, but um, it's it's certainly not something I put in my calculations. Like it's just not. Yeah, I, I guess I think that might have been more toward the Larry Bird era. The league has done a very good yeah, job yeah. of forming a very diverse electorate, including yes. international voters. They, they, they're really, I think, very careful about how they do that. It is a media vote, so you will get that type of impact. But honestly, that's not, it, it, it's just not something that I even thought about. You know, and again, I understand yeah. on shows, maybe even like this, certainly on ESPN shows, you're trying to create talking points. You're trying to create debate points. So I guess I could see that, but I don't want to overstate that. We will get more heat intensive in our second and third segments today. But one thing I wanted to touch on right now is it looks like Kyle Lowry will be returning to the Miami Heat sooner rather than later. Possibly as soon as this weekend. Did he go to Orlando? Nothing definitively said, but there seems to be that thought around the team. He has been out since February 2nd, the game in New York at Madison Square Garden. So we're talking about a 37-year-old player, a month removed from the NBA, who has done nothing but start in his last 600 appearances. Again, Kirk, we started this segment talking about when you're an NBA coach and an NBA team and you placate players, whether it's Jimmy Butler going to L.A. right before a huge home game against the Cavaliers. You've got to keep everyone happy. Kurt, there's no way that if Kyle Lowry comes back, he doesn't come back as a starter. Is there? Boy, I got to say that that's one when you said that, I'm like, man, that's a tough call for Spolstra, but don't you go to him and say, hey, man, it's been a month or, you know, what by that point, what, six weeks, whatever it is. Maybe we should just ease you back. Maybe we should bring you off the bench for a first couple of games so you get your legs under you and see if you can sell it a little bit. I don't know how how receptive Kyle would be to that, right. or if you would, for ego reasons, even if he's the guy who plays fewer minutes, you've got to start him. But I, I don't know. I especially if especially if you, I mean, you get this, you beat to Atlanta twice, you get a split with Cleveland, you're starting to get in a little bit of a roll. 
boy, that's a jolt to change the starting lineup this late. Just uh, yeah, ask the Clippers. Yeah, I know. And I know what they've gone through out there, and I know the adjustments, and all of a sudden you're riding high, and then you're not riding so high after all. Yeah. I think to sort of conclude the segment, and we'll get on more with, with – I want to get some more heat stuff intensive in our segment number two here on redrecover.com inside the paint is – I think the only way you manage it is this. You talk to Kyle ahead of time. You have Kyle come out and say, I'm willing to do anything for the team, whatever is in the greater good. I'll go in that direction. And you massage it that way. So people yeah. aren't buzzing. Oh, it's a demotion. His career has started. It was over. You get everyone on the same page. Now, whether they do that or not, Eric Spolster has a laser focus on the games itself. He doesn't need this kind of distraction. We don't know what Kyle will come back as. He was playing poorly before he went out. He is not having a good season. That He didn't mention him in trade rumors or trade discussions. So you have that coming into play. And let's face it, Kurt, that's what we do for a living. I know people might think it's cold, but when we get our first chance to talk to Kyle, one of the first questions has to be, hey, the Heat floated your name in trade rumors on February 9th over a month ago. What was it like to sit through that? Do you feel like you're still embraced by the team? Hey, that's just all part of it. That's what we yeah. do. That's what the fans want to know. So after our first break here in redrecover.com inside the paint, we're going to talk about the Heat, where they're headed, where the rotation is. If the two victories over the Hawks were a sign of life, and I just posted a story at sunsentinel.com about whether there is, and this sounds hard to believe with a month to go in the season, any chance left for the Heat to avoid the play-in round. And Kurt will explain the play-in round to you after the break also. <laughs> That's all that and more after this break on redrecover.com inside the paint. 